Welcome to Everyday Pastor. Whether you have been a pastor for 40 years or four days, this space is for you. As a pastor, you spend your days encouraging and problem solving for others, but where can you turn for sound advice on leading your church or keeping your family a priority? On this podcast, Phil Waldrop will connect you with his ministry friends to talk about the things your layman friends don't understand or can't relate to. We want to help ordinary pastors have extraordinary ministries. Let's dive in. Well, I'm Phil Waldrop, and I want to say thank you for joining us today for the Everyday Pastor Podcast, where we're helping ordinary pastors have extraordinary ministries. You know, our goal on the podcast is to help you just really do the things that they didn't teach you in seminary. Sometimes uh, in seminary, they didn't tell us how to interact with people. They didn't teach us all the things that we're going to come across and how to do it. Um, They were a lot more focused on scripture and, you know, planning budgets and being an administrator. And that's all important. But it's important how we relate to people. Because at the end of the day, if you ask me the one thing I have learned in my years of ministry is at the end of the day, it's all about people. The one thing Jesus did when you read the Gospels is he always had time for people. And there were all kinds of people Jesus met. And uh, some of them were rude, uh, like the Pharisees, and some of them were were very emotional, like Mary, Mary and Martha, who just loved to sit at Jesus' feet. Some of them were potential great leaders, like Peter and Paul in the scriptures. And all of those people are different. And the wonderful thing is God made every one of them, and he made every person in your church, and he made you. And we want to help you to relate to those people in your church. And in this second half of a podcast, or second podcast, I should say, we've been talking with Paul Joyner, who is the chief creative officer and executive producer of Turning Point, the ministry that you know, associated with Dr. David Jeremiah. Paul has been with him for many years and is the man behind the scenes in a lot of ways, someone that I know Dr. David Jeremiah loves deeply and loves his creativity and helping him communicate a message. Paul has developed um, of his own relationship with people, what he calls the four adventure styles. And we've been talking about those. So Paul, would you take just a moment for those who may not have heard their first podcast to just briefly give us that overview of the four types of adventure styles. And if you will go ahead and give us just a brief summary of the two we talked about on the last podcast, Explorers and Trailblazers. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Phil. Adventure Styles is another way to help you understand other people. Um, it's like going to a foreign country. I know my language, but if I can't speak the language of the person across from me, then we're not going to communicate very well. So more than anything, Adventure Styles is an understanding of how people approach life, how they see the world, no matter what it is, if it's a day off or a new project at church or a hobby I find that people approach that in their adventure style or in their life approach. So adventure styles talks about the life approach of four different types of people, understanding who they are, and then understanding how we can communicate. It's it's great for me to know who I am, but if I don't know who other people are and I can't tell by how they behave or how they communicate, then I'm not going to be able to be very successful in motivating, motivating them or inspiring them to be who they are. 
And if we work together, it may be a little clumsy because we're speaking a different language. So that's what the adventure styles are. It's a simple, user-friendly way of discovering what other people's life approach is and then how we best harness their approach in working together. And last time we were together, Phil, we talked about explorer and trailblazers. So explorers are the first of the adventure style. And if you see adventure styles as going on an adventure, you see that explorer is the one that's probably maybe the one that pursues the idea of going somewhere and going someplace that we've never been. They're the searcher and they have a purposeful pursuit in life. Everything in life is about purpose and everything has to connect. They love to connect to people. They love to connect to art and, and print and the world. They're discoverers. They always want to find out what's next. And that's where they push, push forward when you know them. Even when you talk to them, they're always talking about what's next and where they're going and, and what is important in life. They're intentional people. And in the Bible, we talked about how David and Joseph are both seekers and wanting to to seek God and in a very personal, connective way. And because they were those people, they inspired people, saved nations, and they were just pretty much uh, very, very important to God's inner working in a long-term process of either Israel or saving his family. Everything about them was very much a long journey. They love the journey more than the destination. Trailblazers are different. They love the destination. They don't really care the journey because they're about conquering their powerful pursuit and their performance-based. They want to win and they want to matter. And their life importance comes really down to achievement and winning. They want to be the winning person. They want to be achiever. And they're all about, not about the ideals, but about results. Uh, where an explorer may be a question mark in life, a trailblazer is an exclamation mark. They are very, very declarative and very direct in how they speak. And you pretty much know all the time who they are and what they feel and what they like. In the Bible, we talk about Moses, God having to use someone like Moses to be fearless enough to lead the, the Hebrew children out of Egypt. Also, we talked about the New Testament, how Peter was so much the guy that wanted to win and achieve and be number one and be first. And though we got a lot of criticism, it was his bravery and his fearlessness that helped start the church in the early church. So that's an explorer and a trailblazer, both the visionary searcher and the conqueror who wants to get it done. So today we want to talk about the two other types of adventure styles. Uh, and let's start with the next one, which is navigators. Tell us about navigators. So navig I could not live without navigators. And thank God we have na navigators because if an explorer dreamed about it and a trailblazer blazed a trail and we got there, we need someone to say, now that we're all here on this adventure, can we please get some things organized? I mean, navigators are the stabilizers of our life. They are planned pursuit. Where an explorer is purposeful pursuit and a trailblazer is powerful they're planned. They love a plan because they're behavior-based. If you have a child as a navigator, it's like after you, they were born, you pushed a button on them and they raised themselves. They always did their homework. You never had to remind them about their chores. They love to do what's expected of them. And that's a navigator. And 
uh, a low end or a, a kind of an introverted expression of navigator is they're all about order. They are happy when, when there's a plan in place. It doesn't have to be their plan. Now, a more assertive navigator is all about control. They love when their plan is in place. So some, some of them, some navigators are just more about, I don't care what we do as long as there's a plan. Sometimes more assertive navigators is I really want it to be my plan. They're all about structure and they're a period. They love point A to point B to point C. They're orderly, they're managed, they're scheduled, and they're concerned. You know who these people are in your church because they would they remind you that we would need a church annual report. They want to know exactly what we're doing with the finances. They're the ones that actually fill out the sermon notes when you're preaching. In fact, if you missed a, a blank on your sermon notes, they're going to raise their hand and ask you, you know, what that blank was, or they'll turn around and ask someone else. They're the ones that actually follow through a whole workbook of a study guide on a Bible study. They love the process. They love the rules. And sometimes they may come across as rigid, but they are people who manage projects well. They're happy when they're organizing, and they're frustrated when people don't obey the rules. And they communicate in a different way than the others do, uh, Phil. They communicate slowly and methodically. And if you have travelers, I mean, excuse me, if you have navigators in your church, if you have a navigator in your church, their love language is a checklist. Sometimes pastors see navigators as people who are wanting to try to ping them on all the details and maybe be nosy about the books or the finances or how we're performing, but that's not always their motivation. Their motivation usually is they have a checklist. My dad was a navigator, and I remember in college calling my dad and checking in with him, and he'd get on the phone, and he would say, well, how are your tires? I'm like, fine. Do you have enough money? Yes. Your health is good? Yes. Here's your mom, and he'd pass the phone off to my mom, and I would think for years, Phil, that my dad just wasn't interested in talking to me, but that was not, the, not that was not true. My dad, his love language is a checklist. Paul is happy. He's got money. He's got good health, and his car is going to get him to school safely. That's what he cared about. I took it wrong as maybe he was just interested in some things that weren't very you know personable. That's who that navigator is in your church. They like routine. They have expectations of what things should be. You said something a year ago from the pulpit, and they're going to come back a year later and say, hey, whatever happened to that? Why aren't we doing that? They connect to God through instruction. They are information focused. They're not project focused or emotion focused. They're all about information focus. So, Phil, if you look in the word of God, um, Noah is a great example of someone who just wanted to do whatever God wanted him to do, but he needed a plan, right? Uh, and God gave him a plan, very detailed. God knows if he, God knew that if he wanted Noah to carry out his, the mission of building an ark, he had to give him plans. You think of Nicodemus wanting proof, not because he was maybe, he, he just needed information to believe. Everyone else was thrilled to believe that Jesus was alive and had resurrected from the dead, but Nicodemus wanted proof. Uh, look at Gideon in, in the Bible. He was more on the high end scope of this adventure style. Gideon was almost a control freak, right? He he did the first A-B testing in, in the world, you know, with the whole process with the fleece. My favorite navigator in the Bible, Phil, is Paul. He was all about the rules, right? 
even before he found found Jesus, he was about the rules. If you don't abide by the Jewish law, you will be killed. You, here's the answer. He persecuted Christians. But then when he had that amazing encounter with God on the road to Damascus, he changed. And look how brilliant this is. Here's a man who is all about the rules, who is now teaching the church about law and grace. Had it been an explorer, the people would say, well, of course you feel that way. I'd been a trailblazer. He, But here was a navigator who's all about the rules, who was the person that God put in charge of helping the early church navigate law and grace. And he was a faithful person, no matter if he was in a jail cell or out in the middle of nowhere, he would faithfully write the epistles right to the church. And he helped them organize. Here's what you eat and don't eat. If this is sacrifice to animals and then offend someone else, maybe you shouldn't eat it. Here's how pastors should have this many wives. Here's how you handle the church. God used a navigator named Paul to reach the reach the world. But what a wonderful transformation he made from being all about the rules to understanding what grace is. And that's the kind of navigators you want in your church, right? Hmm. Who understand both. Oh, I like that. Is it fair to say? navigators, once they have a plan and it has worked in their mind well, they don't like change as much as, let's say, an explorer would. Because I sometimes sense explorers embrace change and they like change, something new. Navigators aren't as quick to embrace change because what we've been doing as at least seems to be working with the absence of problems. Is that fair? That's, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, trailblazers and explorers live for change. And actually, travelers will find out they like things that are different. Uh, navigators like things to be the way they are because if it runs well, why, why change it? It makes them nervous when you get up from the pulpit and say, we're going to do some things different now. They, they will worry. That's okay. Let them go through that process. In fact, you'll try to read on their face what they're feeling and you won't get a read. In fact, it looks like they're upset or scared or worried and sometimes navigators have that face where you feel like, mm -hmm. if are you happy? Maybe you should tell your face. If you're, if you know, if you agree, sometimes with navigators on my staff, I will say, so, so and so, how do you feel about that? And I've read them the wrong way, thinking they're not excited about what I just said. And like, I love this idea. I need to get some time to get my head around it and come up with a plan, but I'm excited. I probably read them wrong because they don't show how they're feeling on their face. So sometimes we as leaders and pastors, Feel like they're not with us and i think that's a big mistake but navigators do not care for change as much as the others do and that's why a good pastor will bring them along but they do like details when you say plan they really like to make sure all the t's are crossed and all the i's are dotted and i would say this for pastors who are listening if they're an explorer or, or a trailblazer personality it's great to have an assistant or a secretary who is a navigator. Uh, that's been my experience. Someone, and whereas if the pastor is a navigator, he probably is going to do a lot of that on his own, and he needs somebody else to help push him to be something different. All of this interaction, um, I, I've jokingly told people, I can always spot a navigator, and if they're an engineer, I know immediately, <laughs> and that's not true. But certain professions do attract certain personalities just a little bit. Is it fair to say, as we compare a little bit more, that explorers tend to be 
emotional where navigators tend to shy away from emotions. Is that fair? Yeah. Navigators sometimes don't like, don't like hugs. Some do, but a lot don't. They, it's, they, they're, they're not emotional. They're, they, there are some that navigators who, yes, are very much, maybe by the way they're raised or the family or their parents are so a little more emotions, but navigators usually are logical and are processing. I, one of my favorite um, navigators on television, I've watched him in the reality show. And when he would be excited about saying something or there's something good happened, instead of just showing it, he would actually say the words, yay, oh, I'm happy. And he, he was funny because he didn't always know how to show up, but he would say those words. Navigators do tend to um, less emotion. And I think that's the big mistake that pastors may have if you have a navigator on your staff or on, in your church that you feel like they're not with you because they're not gushing with excitement. They probably never will. And if you're a navigator pastor, you have to watch that too, because your church could be pretty much buttoned up. And if you're not careful, your church will be exactly the same way as it is today, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Nothing has changed. You're very comfortable the way it is. You love routine. That's fine. But a lot of people in your church want something bigger than what they have. They don't want routine. They do want to be, be take risks. They do want to become a little bit more emotive. They do want to reach out further. Um, so a navigator pastor has to, my dad was a navigator and his church was run that way. I 10, 15 years later after I left home, I went back. It was still the same way. He was comfortable that way. He was lucky enough to be married to an explorer who was always trying to push the boundaries and say, let's, instead of having just this for kids, let's do, let's go crazy and do this. So they were a good balance, but I love navigators on my staff. I have navigators in key positions, Phil, that love to love to take care of plans that love to do research that love to do the books that love to set up the organization. And my responsibility as a leader and those who are pastor is to take the time to listen to them. Navigators need your time. They're going to want to call you and say, pastor, can I sit down with you and go through the, the, the church numbers? They need time. If you're married to a navigator, the best gift you can is time. They'll process and communicate slowly and methodically but give them their time. They're the ones that will keep you stable and secure. And that's what navigators bring to the table. That's very interesting because I tend something you said in referencing your dad, a lot of times churches, the pastor, if they don't appreciate the other adventure styles, will have a church filled of people just like them. Yeah. You know, explorers tend to be filled with churches if they're not careful with people who are very philosophical uh, in approach to life, very creative. Trailblazers tend to be, have a room full of people who's all trying to win. And navigators are people sitting there who don't necessarily um, like change. I mean, and I'm saying that as a negative, the positive is, but they are the people, the navigators are the people in your church that when they do take a position, you can be assured they're going to be their own time. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be, uh, you know, faithful to, to complete the project, see it all the way through uh, where that maybe is not true of other people. So they make really good leaders in some areas of church leadership. You know, I'm thinking of a church treasure. A navigator is a great church treasure. Um, you know, I'm just thinking of that 
particularly, or if there's something that involves things like that. But even when you're trying to do ministry ahead, you know, as a trailblazer, we talked about this earlier, we want to win, we want to we go for it, all the gusto. Um, or as my trailblazing pastors like to say, I live by faith. <laughs> right. They try to spiritualize this gusto sometimes, and in a way it is by faith. But the navigator is the one who, when he teams with the trailblazer, can say, now that's great, we're going to get there, but we need to think about what we're going to do on the trip. Or as I have said to people, I have often watched trailblazers, we'll jump in the car and not think about how much luggage we have or what are we going to wear in three days. We're just so excited to get there. And as you said, explorers like the trip. And navigators want to make sure everybody's got a seat, everybody's comfortable, where are we going to eat? And we need those people in our lives as well. Now, yeah. there's one other type of adventure style, and that's the traveler. So if the explorer is the creative uh, one who, whose life is a question mark, and trailblazer is an explanation point, and as people have often said about trailblazers, and you said you were an explorer. I'm a trailblazer. You know, I've been often wrong, but I'm rarely in doubt. Right. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a way right. we're, we're explanation points and navigators are the period. What are the travelers and how do we describe them? So if we talk about punctuation marks, a traveler would be an ellipsis, a dot, dot, dot. They're the people who are open-ended, inclusive, they're inviting, they're carefree, a traveler is the person who gets to the end of the adventure and says, now that we're here and organized, can we just have a little community? Can we just have a little, can we, can we enhance the experience? Their playful pursuit, their motivation and force in life is for life to have some type of substantial fun and experience. They're the people in your church that love the interaction of the congregation. They'll be the first ones that will volunteer to, to be door greeters, to host kids coming through from a college singing group. They're the first ones that will be excited about the special days you have at Easter or Christmas, and we're going to do this and wear this. They're very, they're very creative individuals as well. They are all in for whatever experience, and their kind of life kind of goal is to have fun in everything they do. They infuse fun and enjoyable spirit into almost anything that you do at church, uh, they love consensus. Some of the low-end, more quiet travelers, they love consensus. They want everyone to be happy. They're people pleasers, and they will even tell you as a pastor what you want to hear. Sometimes you have to look between there and really ask them seriously because they really want to make you happy. Some of the more high-end or more assertive travelers, it's all about approval. They love to present fun and make things happy by being the center of attention and wearing the fun hat or wearing the reindeer, reindeer antlers during Christmas uh, in the middle of your church service in the choir. <laughs> They're the ones that want to just, they want to have fun. They want to have approval. They're, they kind of go with the flow and they enjoy the show. They want options. They're very hard to pin down on what they want. Well, what would you like, Sister Sarah? Well, I don't know, Pastor, I, I like this, I like that, but whatever you want to do, even as staff members, like this is what I'm thinking, but I don't know if this is right. They tend to be a little more open-ended. They're very likable people. They're very expressive. They're persuasive and they're relational. 
They're the people you want your doors to say hello to people when they come into the church. They're the ones that are going to be the first ones that are going to want to help out decorating and want to be to, to help in the children's church or to be a part of a singing group. And they love all of that um, expression of celebration. And they, um, they're reward focused. As a pastor, I always, or as a leader, they have to have something to look forward to. If there's nothing on the horizon that's exciting, they, they lose interest. Sadly enough, you would love for everyone in your church to come because of very deep spiritual meaning. These people in your church might get to a point where say church is not any fun anymore. And it's not, I don't have a good experience and we're not really having community anymore. It's all rigid. They probably will leave. Uh, they want something to look forward to. They want to be involved. They look to the pastor to inspire them, but they are there for the community of the church. In fact, they connect to God through interaction. They're people focused. Explorer is emotion focused. A trailblazer is project focused. A navigator is information focused. They're about people. They connect to God through interaction. I think in the Bible, Jonathan, what a loyal friend to David, and yet he loved his father too. Very dot, 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 very loyal friend giving. You think of Esther, wonderful. When she wanted to change the king's heart, what did she do? She threw a banquet, and then she threw another one. And then she finally went in and said, well, these are my people. Had she handled that differently as a navigator or trailblazer or explorer? You know, navigator, she may have written down her demands and you know, push the paper under the door. The trailblazer, she probably would have kicked down the door. Explorer would have been all this poetic, you know, maybe she put a black armband on and get a sign and march, uh, you know, an activist. But God used Esther as a perfect example, as, a, as that traveler who influenced by her expression and experience. John, the beloved, you read his gospel, it's all about what? The love of Jesus, the experience of the of, of the children, the experience, who's a compassionate disciple. On the high end of that, you look at Samson, who had the approval of everyone in his tribe. Everyone loved Samson, but that wasn't good enough. He wanted more. If the bad girl can love me and accepts me and proves to me that I'm really something. But you know what? Samson was amazing. He didn't need her approval, but he felt he did. Sometimes travelers, pastors, have a problem with significance. Here's some explorer doing something pretty amazing and creative and a trailblazer just kind of conquering everything and a navigator who's so organized. So sometimes travelers have a significance thing, like they get their feelings hurt if they don't have significance or if they didn't, weren't honored well or appreciated. Because they're so interactive and people pleasers, they want affirmation and approval and acknowledgement in it lets you really made a difference. That's who they are. And travelers are amazing lifeblood to a church. A pastor who's a traveler could be amazing. They are more of a Pied Piper personality. And if they're not careful though, things can be a lot of fun, but not have too much organization, which can frustrate the other three, or it can be a lot of fun and a lot of good experience, but not have a lot of deep meeting, which will frustrate their explorers. So travelers are amazing pulpit, platform people. There are a lot of worship leaders. Uh, and we have a great friend, uh, Phil, who's an amazing traveler, great finesse and charisma on stage. That's where they do best. So we have to acknowledge that that's where they should be. And they 
they do need a little order, a little structure from other people, but they do best if they have a, a wide playground where they can just go to town and just be themselves. Is it fair to say that navigators have a tendency to, to build walls because they would like to know where the boundaries are and the traveler really likes life without any walls. And I don't mean sinful. That's not what I mean, but they no. just, they just like to be able to go where they want to go when they want to go with people. Yeah. And you can see that in services with pastors. Sometimes they, oh, I'm going to throw away my notes today and just do what I, I want. And, you know, we're just going to yeah. sing today. And that's good. They're, they are great pastors in, in it for community. If you want to reach out to community, I find some amazing travelers, pastors, and they, they, they really do uh, attract other travelers in a lot of community pastoral uh, church relationships where they're really out in the community. These people work great because they don't want boundaries. They don't want to set time. They want to like, in fact, if you start talking about like, here's the specifics, they kind of they're the ones that if you're in a meeting, like, hey, want to walk through the order of service, like, yeah, let's just kind of feel it as we go. Yeah. I think sometimes travelers in meetings are, their goal in a meeting is not to make a decision. Their goal is to keep it open-ended. So that can be a downfall. It can frustrate the people that they lead. Um, but travelers do need scope as well. We're going to have a blast, but here's the scope of where this, where this, where this ends up. Uh, options can be great. But they can also lead. To, and sometimes we kind of mask options as well. I just want the Lord's leading. Well, the Lord can lead today just as much as He can tomorrow. And so we don't want to stifle a traveler. I have a lot of travelers who work for me, and the, they are amazing uh, people that kind of just keep us all lighthearted. They celebrate better than anybody. Trailblazers and explorers have a hard time celebrating because they're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Navigators you know, we'll celebrate, but it's more of a, you know, I accomplished my checklist and we're done. Travelers are the people that bring celebration into our life and bring a sense of joy and community like none of the other three do. So I want to help us to put all four of these together. And I'm going to, in my mind, I'm going to use an imaginary scenario here that we have four adventure styles sitting at a table and we're going to plan a trip. If I heard you correctly, the trailblazer is where are we going? And he wants to get there just as quick as he can. You know, I, I know trailblazers that are my friends and they take great joy in when they're going to their mother-in-laws or their father-in-laws for the holidays. They love to come back and say, we did it in record time because it was all about the destination. So the trailblazer is where are we going? Let's get there as quick as we can call it a win been there, done that. I hear the Explorer is about connecting along the way. It's the trip. It's seeing the, you know, going through the forest, stopping and seeing the waterfall. It's about, uh, you know, the new, the new restaurant where we've never uh, ate before to have something new. The Navigator is about, did we have enough space for the luggage? Uh, did we have enough money for gas? Uh, you know, what's our plan? What, what are our goals? We're going to be here by this time. And we're and sometimes even likes to know these are the places we're going to stop before we go. But then I hear that the traveler is the person it's like, Oh, we're going on a trip. Great. And maybe halfway there, and I'm slightly exaggerating before they stop and say, where are we going? Because it's all about the fun of the trip. Now I may have oversimplified that, but kind of using that scenario to help people 
who are listening to us kind of speak into that a little bit. Is that a fair, I don't want to oversimplify and I'm not trying to make one look worse than the other or better than the other, but just to help pastors get a handle on the four adventure styles. Sure. Let me, let me use your example of a trip and then let me use, follow that with an example of what I do in a meeting because of that. Mm -hmm. So if I say to a bunch of my friends, all different adventure styles, let's go to Disneyland. Let's plan a trip to Disneyland. Everyone's like, yay. Everyone's excited about it. Everyone wants to go, especially the traveler. They immediately like start sending emails and texts. Hey, maybe we should all wear matching t-shirts and Hey, Mm -hmm. maybe we should go and let's get here. And they're all excited. Um, Trailblazers are like, yeah, just let me know when it is and we'll be there. Explorers are like, yeah, that's great. They're a little more concerned about, you know, everything else in their life, but they're going to work it in. I immediately get a text or an email from my navigators. What time are we leaving? Uh, who's driving? Um, do you know who wants to go in a car? Should we all go together? Should we all go separately? Traveler loves the carrot in the distance. They love to look forward to something. Navigator wants a plan. The Trailblazer just wants the just tell me where I need to be at what time. And the Explorer is like, this is going to be great. It's going to be meaningful. Their attitude of the trip is we're all going to have a great, meaningful time. I don't care if I go on one ride. We're going to just gel. So then the day of the trip comes and we all get there. Navigator's on time. Explorers just shows up. Trailblazers is is a little bit frustrated because a traveler stopped on the way to IHOP to get pancakes. And it was fun. They text, we're going to be a little bit late because we decided just on a whim to stop and get breakfast first. But we all show up at Disneyland. So when we walk through the gates at Disneyland, what's the first thing everybody does? Well, the traveler is starting to take pictures and post them on social media because it's important that everyone knows what they're doing and they want everyone to be included in this experience. Not only their friends, but everyone at home, wherever they are in the world, that I'm having a great time and they're wanting to, to take some pictures and they want to all go buy matching hats someplace. It's all about the crew, the team, the navigator. What is he or she do when they walk in the gate? They want the map. And then they get the map and then they they tell everyone, hey, if we start here and go counterclockwise through here, we'll do this. And they start trying to organize a trip. And at first, it's probably okay. Later, people say, like, can we just go where we want to? But a navigator wants to know the show times or the parade times. And they want to know if we start counterclockwise, we'll get everything done in time. Trailblazer walks in. And the first thing they're interested in is the fast passes. Where can I go? Where, like... And everybody's like, well, you just want to run from one part of the park to the other part of the park? Yeah, it's all based on getting the line first. They're all about that. In fact, about halfway through the day, the trailblazer might say, hey, you know what? Me and so-and-so are going to just go on our own for a while. We'll see you guys back at six o'clock. We're going to, we want to go faster. They'll move on because they want to go. Then you go to the Explorer and that person is walking down Main Street in their own little world thinking, man, how did they create this? How did this, how was this built? man, that really looks like a main street. Wow, this really looks like I stepped into this land. They're in this other world wishing that they could do something like this. They're getting a different experience. So all are on the same trip, but all are approaching that trip differently and in their own world. And that's why when we travel, sometimes we either work with people or we don't, depending on how we understand what's going on. Now, For a meeting, every meeting that I have, I have a meeting for four different types of people sitting in that room. And it could be a room of five, six people, or it could be a room of a hundred of our staff. But here's what I do. The very first thing I do is I have something socially interesting and fun for the team. For who? The travelers. 
And it's something exciting. It's if I can throw a birthday in there, if I can throw something interesting in, they want to have experience. The next thing I have is vision. Let me tell you what I'm, we're going to talk about today. And let me tell you why we're doing this. Let me tell you how it affects the ministry. Let me tell you how this is, this is where this is coming from. And this is where we want to go. Who's that for? The explorers, right? Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I get done with that, there are two other adventure styles sitting there that are starting to get frustrated. The next one is, so here's our plan. And I roll out a plan for the who? The navigators. Mm -hmm. And they want that plan. And the very thing I, very last thing I do at that meeting is, here's our action steps. Here's our call to action for the trailblazers. We want to get this done. Here's the deadline. Here's what we want to get done. I'm going to have a call a meeting in a week. I want this results. Now, guess what? Everyone's happy. The travelers got to enjoy it. They know what's going on. They had a little bit of connection. I mean, a little bit of interaction. The, the explorer got to answer. I answered the questions before they even asked them. You know, I beat them to the punch. Here is all the, I'm not afraid of the question marks. I embrace them. So I, I'm going to beat them to the punch. of Almost every question mark I can think to answer ahead of time. Then I want to be the navigator of the punch and say, look, I understand. Here's the plan. Here's what I want you to do. And here's the date we're going to come back. Here's the results that I'm going to give the trailblazer. I need you guys to go do this, this, and this, and bring us back what you've done. Guess what? Now I've had a, a meeting or an adventure where everyone is excited and everyone's in the right chair. That's how I use them all together. I acknowledge and humbly respect everyone's approach to what we're trying to do. And I try as a leader and as a pastor, the same thing at church to say, I just can't, I don't, it's, I can't just say, I don't care that they have to have structure or I don't care that these people are idealistic. If I want to reach everyone in my church, I have to acknowledge that they approach life different. Let me as a leader start with that knowledge and start with that mission to make everyone feel like their their life approach is needed and necessary and honored in this process. Well, that's a good word. Paul Joyner, you have been so helpful for us. And I know pastors who have listened to us today are really going to be able to take what you said, just what you shared about the meeting. Because I know as a trailblazer, I have a tendency to go into a meeting and spend the whole meeting talking about the action points, what we're going to accomplish. And sometimes people can walk out of that meeting saying, well, how are we going to do that? Why are we going to do that? And that was boring. And so when you do implement what you've talked about with in a meeting of, of thinking through the traveler, letting them have the connection, the fun, uh, answering the why, that's for the explorer, and then the plan for the navigator followed by the action, you know, for uh, the trailblazer. When we talk about action, uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, that's also what I would call ultimately the goal. There's a difference between the why and the goal. The why may be what we're trying to accomplish, but the goal is something that's achievable. We're trying to win the game. We're trying to do along that way. So I want to ask you one, uh, we, we've kind of done this with some of the others, but just for to wrap us up with the navigators and the travelers, who are some maybe U.S. presidents or who are some well-known personalities that were navigators and uh, who were travelers that we would know from history? We talked about the ones in the Bible, which is, is plenty uh, sufficient, 
but what are the ones from history so that we can go, oh yeah, that makes sense? Well, a few presidents, if you're talking about presidents, you have Eisenhower, very navigational, um, very much, you know, getting things done in order. You have a lot of vice presidents have been navigators. George, uh, 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 Bush one navigational, mm -hmm. his son a traveler, his dad navigational, and very, very, very uh, determined, ordered detail. Uh, we haven't had a lot of navigators lately, uh, we, but we've had, those are the people that kind of help bring everybody stability. I feel like those navigators are a lot of times generals as well and trailblazers who really keep everyone stable. Travelers, it's interesting. You have, um, you have um, travelers. Here's the funny thing about travel. Everyone loves a traveler. I can't explain it. Everyone loves a traveler. And even if you disagree with them, politics or even just day-to-day -day life, you still can't help but, but like them. Uh, I think of um, Jimmy Carter, a traveler, still teaching Sunday school, still enjoying life, low-key, fun, interesting, um, you know, whether you like him or not, whether you agree with his politics or not, you like him. Uh, two people just back to back. You have George, you have Bill Clinton, high-end traveler, fun, always good time, always kind of open-ended, just kind of a pipe piper uh, magnetism. And then you have George Bush too, who uh, was low-end, kind of fun, carefree guy. Um, and those people are travelers. Those, whether it's high-end, uh, very assertive, or low end, that's um, that's who they beat. If you go back to Trailblazers, there's Theodore Roosevelt, you know, mm -hmm. charge, get things done. And you have Lyndon B. Johnson. You also have Richard Nixon. Uh, you also have um, Donald Trump. You can see in those characters that if they use their boldness and their proactiveness to get something done, it can be amazing. At the same time, if they're not careful, they'll bend the rules to win. So mm -hmm. there's a balance there. Well, Paul, you have been such a great help to us. And I want to thank you because when you helped me understand the adventure styles, it made a world of difference in my family and in my staff. It didn't imply that there was problems, but when you understand their adventure style. It helped me understand how to relate to, you know, our children. I have one daughter who's a trailblazer. I have one daughter who is a navigator. And so planning a family vacation is, <laughs> is fun because one daughter and I get it, you know, <laughs> and I'm saying that because we're trailblazers. So we sure. think alike, um, a son-in-law who's an explorer, a son-in-law who's a traveler, um, all of them with their own uniqueness, all of them with their own gifts, they all bring something to the table. Yes. We, have, we have a tendency to think my style is the right style or the best style. That's just the way we are. Right. But in reality, we need everybody on the team. And that's what I think is so beautiful about the church. We've all been forgiven, redeemed, and, and God has put us in the church and yes, there are spiritual gifts that he gives us. The Bible makes that clear. But then he made us all different. And I think when we are all functioning in our adventure style and we respect each other and we relate to each other, we're all going to feel loved and appreciated. And best of all, we're going to be an expression of the body of Christ in our communities. 
So that's our goal. So I want to say thank you, Paul, uh, just for what you've done at Turning Point. I know, as I said on our first podcast, my friend David Jeremiah uh, loves and admires you because you brought so much to the table and enhanced him to be able to preach and share the word and what you've done for so many others. And I know there are pastors today who are going to be encouraged and blessed and helped by what you've shared today. So thanks for sharing those. Yeah, my joy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Everyday Pastor. Our hope is that this conversation will be a resource to you both personally and professionally as you navigate the high calling of leading a church. For more information on today's topic, a list of related resources, or information about today's guest, please visit everydaypastor.info. Don't forget to subscribe to Everyday Pastor so you don't miss an episode, share it with your friends, and follow at Phil Waldrop on Instagram for podcast updates.